0: What we do and what he's called us to is to love one another, right? I don't know if some of you saw this week, and Andrew posted a, um, a post, and it really it stuck with me. And he said, the true test of Christianity is it's not to love Jesus, it's to love Judas. And it's like, it's like what? Like, and yes, that's it, because Jesus loved Jesus loved him. And are we not to reflect Jesus? Are we not to love one another like that? Like that type of love wrecks a person. Like it it should shake you, right? And I, I was just pondering on that and actually that is that's the love of Christ, right? And I and I did I did feel um and that's right that's actually what we build on. We build on it. And I think if we can't find that at the very basis of every anything we teach or anything we do we, we might be missing it. So um so I wanna share some things tonight. I kinda wanna continue uh, from from where I went um two weeks ago. I want to build a little bit on that, and I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, I uh, shared a lot on about who we are. We're the building materials. You guys remember that? Uh, it was from one Peter, um, two verses, f- about four to five. It says, "As you come to Him, the living stone rejected, or as you come to Him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God, a precious and precious to Him. You also are like living stones, and being built into a spiritual house to be holy." priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now that is kind of the and kind of the thrust of of that and this is are we are we do we realize that we're being built into something and what is what we're being built into look like and how does it work and then what's the purpose through it. And I think that's the journey that I what I feel God's got for us. And even the, the scripture Yaku started with Earlier about our hearts ready, you know, sowing the seed. What our hearts are actually, what's the condition of our hearts? And even as I share tonight, what is the condition of our hearts? Because we can kick against His ways and His patterns. Because He has a way of doing things, and we can kick against it. But there's a scripture I was thinking when I was preparing this. scripture in, in Romans. It says, "But who are you?" Romans nine verses twenty to twenty one says, "But who are you, a human being, to talk to God? To talk back to God? Shall?" What is formed, say to the one who has fo- formed it. Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out the same lump of clay, uh, some pottery for special purpose and some for common use? And it's like, who, who are we to say to him, no, I'm going to rather do it like this, or I want to do it like this. I mean, in in, in, in um, Isaiah, Paul's, I think, actually, he's quoting Isaiah. It says, woe to those who quarrel with their maker, those who... Who are nothing but pots her, pot herds among the pots herds on the ground. Whoa, it's whoa, don't do that. Don't argue with your maker. Because he is God, he is sovereign. And and often our nature, us people, this is our human nature. We do want to argue. Yes? Yes, we do. <laughs> Why do we? And maybe like I'll get into it, but I want to, but maybe just. Why do we? So maybe there's a little bit of a, a side note because I think if we can see this, if we can see the, broken, the brokenness of our nature, we, we begin to identify it and we can begin to actually step away from it, right? And it, it shouldn't really be surprising to us because it, if we look right back to the garden, Adam and Eve did the same thing. We're always wanting to lean into our own understanding, into our own, sp- our own strength. We, we, it's so hard for us to lean into Him. We always want to make it work. We want to find out how to make it work and figure a way to make it work. We do that even with church. And I'm talking about church, I'm preaching about church and the way God builds his church together. And we even want to do that in church. We want to build it the way we think it's going to work and how we what look is going to be a good idea. And and it it, it shouldn't really surprise us because it started all the way back then, right? It's like Satan comes to to, to, uh, to Eve and he says to you, if you want to, you want to be like God actually, eat from this tree. And what tree do they eat from? They eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So they want understanding. They want to know. They want to be like God. There's this grasping up. And I I, I shared something shortly on that this morning. I had this picture in my mind of this tree with a fruit hanging off it. And that's exactly what happens is man reaches up and he grasps for something that's not his, actually. He grasps for equality with God. That's man's nature. That's the fallen nature of man. But, but what does God do? What's God's nature? He reaches down. And we see that with Jesus all the time. God sends his son down to earth to make it possible, make a way for us. And, and if we are filled with the spirit of God, whose nature have we taken on? She's very quiet out there. <laughs> whose nature have we taken on? If we have been born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, whose nature have we taken on? We've taken on God's nature. So what should we reflect? Should we be one to grasp or grope up, grasp upwards, or should we be we one to... And, and for me, the very, the very nature of, of everything that we do, we've got to, we've got to kind of look back and, and have a look at that, right? And I think this thing, even if I'm gonna be very tread very lightly now, but actually there's like the world hides behind very noble causes. E- equality. It's a word that gets used a lot nowadays in many different spheres and avenues. But <laughs> how's this scripture? Where is it? Oh, I'm going all over my notes already. <laughs> how's the scripture? Philippians two verse six to eight who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Who's that? That's Jesus. He was fully God, yet fully man, yet chose not to grasp for that. And there is something of the the character of Jesus that needs to be reflected in us. And, And I think even when it comes to church, and to building church, and to being part of church, we get our own ideas and our own ways and our own things into this. And we muddle it up and we mess it up. And, and I've, I mean, we, it's, but God's got a way and he's got a pattern. And I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. I think, you um, know, in, in Genesis, you guys know the, 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 well, let me, before I get to this, I say, I think behind every argument for equality, there is, there is bitterness there's hurt. There's a the feeling of being pushed aside. There's a feeling of being overlooked. There's a frustration. There's possibly even unforgiveness. Every argument for equality, at the very root of those things, somewhere there, that's there. And again, these are the things that man uses to build with, not God, because God builds with love. And, and this, so this is the picture, right? In, in Genesis... Uh, Genesis 11 to... Uh, in Genesis 11, we've got the story of Babel. You guys know the story of Babel. Um, man it's just after the flood, and uh, now man is on the... Now the whole earth had one language. This is Genesis 11, verses 1 to 4. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as the people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, "'Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly.'" And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower that, that's top, with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. It's interesting, eh? Man, again, wants to make a guy wants to be noticed. He wants to achieve. He wants to, he wants to grasp up. So he wants to build now. Instead of reaching up and taking the fruit, now he wants to build a tower to get there. It's just—it's the same thing. It's the same spirit behind it, and and I think this is the thing. Like it's, it's fascinating for me because there's even like I love the play sometimes on words because here's man, and he no longer is building with stone, and we've just read in Peter that we're living stones. He turns to building with bricks, baked out of clay. Finds a different way to do it. A better—he thinks it's a better way to do it, right? And then he uses <laughs> bitumen. I was just thinking that's a funny word because bitter men, bitterness, <laughs> the bitterness of man is actually the very thing man builds with. When he, he he like bitterness, unforgiveness, all those things are the very things that spur him on to build something and to grasp for his own kingdom. And it and it's just it's fascinating for me how man just wants to do. He just just seeking to do his own thing the whole time. In this whole story, I read it right throughout the whole time. And even though it may seem noble, right, because they want to reach the heavens, it's not because it's man's way. There's a different spirit at work here. And I think through every, if, if we can't see Jesus, because who's the, who's the cornerstone and the foundation of who we build on? Who's the church built on? It's built on Jesus. He's the cornerstone, the very foundation And if you dismantle every theology and every idea, all the scaffolding of it, the very root of it, it should be Jesus. And Jesus' nature is not to grasp, it's to yield. It's though fully God... Yet fully, man, cho- choosing to come under God, choosing to su- surrender to him. And I think this is where, and it's, it's, it's rampant in society today. It's rampant in our lives. We're we constantly self-justification, fighting, like, fighting for position, all of these things. And we do, it happens even in church. It really does. Offense, it's like, that's exactly what offense is. It's self-justification. No, I'm right. No, how could you do that to me? And it creeps in. And um, but I, I really want to look at how this thing really is built, um, and what it and what it looks like. You see, in one Peter, twenty to twenty one. So one Peter 20 to twenty one. A little bit further down from the living stones. He, um, you can. You want to put that up? Can you put that one up? Because they formerly did not obey God when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water, which is baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from your body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Now, this is, is, is Peter taking the picture of the ark and equating it to salvation, actually, to Christ, right? And what is the church? The church is Christ's body. So actually, salvation, we're buried in Christ, but we can't really separate Christ from his church and his body. So this, as we live this together, as we give ourselves to one another, it's all together. You can't really separate it, actually. And um there's a specific design the ark was very specifically designed you know that when when God came to Noah he gave him specific design a specific design for it specific not template um, blueprint for it measurements very clear very specific measurements and remember last week I also i spoke about um, I spoke about the tabernacle and I spoke about the the um Solomon's temple as well. Also, very specific template, very specific measurements, very specific. God even says to him in in Hebrews, it says this, and this is referring back to them. It says, they serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. This is Hebrews 8, verses 5. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. God warned him. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Now, this is God speaking to Moses. He's warning him. He's saying, I have a pattern and a way that I want you to build this house. Remember remember the the, the, the picture of the tabernacle being built uh, the, and then the temple being built and now we being built together. And this is God telling Moses, I've got a specific pattern that I want you to build this tabernacle. Don't. Mess it up because it's actually a picture, a reflection of things in heaven. It's a shadow of things in heaven. So don't do your own thing. Do what I'm telling you to do. <laughs> this is my way. And that's a picture of, our, of the church. That's a picture of us now, actually. God's got a way and a pattern of doing things. And He's like, don't do it your way. Do it my way. And he uses all the, and the different analogy of a body, of a temple, of, of us coming together, of all of these things. And when we look and we really dive into these things, we begin to see how these things work. And actually the glory and the majesty, of the, the amazingness of these things. Um, so in Ephesians, you, know, you guys know that the church is often called, referred to as a body that's held together, Right? It's held together by different, and we know, that what's a body held together? It's held together by sinews and ligaments and muscles, and each part of the body does its bit to make this body work, right? So from Ephesians 4 verse 16, So from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, the the church is not just a, it's not just a merely an organisation ruled by Christ. It actually it is. It's the body of Christ. It is Christ. It's and 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 I mean, that sounds a little bit strange, but it is. And has the scripture to prove it to you. Ephesians one verses twenty two to twenty three. It says. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fulfills everything in every way. So it is, again, you can't separate them. And we do. I don't know why we do. I was having a conversation earlier with somebody just... We get hurt in church, we get... We get offended in church and then we begin to do it our way, or we were in this church and they did it this way, and we think it's better to do it like, it's better done like this. And hey, there's one way <laughs> it's his way. It's, the way, it's the way we see in the Bible. And we, I, I understand that we, we, we bring, like, we, we want to bring correction to it. And if this is his body, right? His body will have a skeleton. Now listen when I when I when I draw these analogies, it has a skeleton. Ah, there we go. Light. It's, it's got movement, it should look a certain way, and its parts function in order, right? So there is structure. There is structure in this body. There must be structure in this body, else it wouldn't be a body, right? There's structure. If you look at me as a human, my human body, there's 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 Parts working in me that you can't see that hold me up and keep me there. I've got a purpose. I've got. The, I'm able to move. And I look a certain way because I do certain things too, and I carry certain values. And I think a lot of the time, these things get misunderstood or hurt, and then we begin to throw them out, and we begin to change things. And, and I and I understand that. But the reason I'm sharing these things is because. If we're going to be a people that do do this as best as possible, and, 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 and we're never going to get it 100% right, but if we're going to do this as best as possible, we have to be hungry for his ways, right? We, we can't just be ready to, to run out the door and go find the next best thing. We got it. It's bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. That's what I want to show you guys. That's what I'm desperately trying to show you guys. It's so important that we grasp this, and it becomes buried within it, buried within our hearts. That as we, as people join us, as we walk along this journey with people, they catch what we got because it's it's so in us that we're so so part of this, right? And I understand, like, and I understand why these corrections happen. I understand why things begin to look different. um, you know, people get seriously hurt in church, and I think you, you can get like people that become hyper establishments, which is like very legalistic and very. It's got to be like this. It's got to be like, and and it becomes rules, and it's it's so rigid, this thing can't move anymore. And you know, you know what a, a crayfish is? You guys know crayfish. Crayfish has got what you call an exoskeleton. You know what an exoskeleton? You kids, guys, at school, eh? So how does, it, how does a gray move? It actually has to shed that skeleton, eh? and then it grows a new one. The church is not a greyfish. <laughs> it doesn't have an exoskeleton that it can't move. It's, not, it's so unflexible that if it wants to grow or if it wants to move, it has to shed the skeleton. It's a body, right, with sinews and muscles and flesh. It's also, it's not, and, and the problem is we, we become... We can we can fall into that trap of becoming so hyper legalistic and things and things have got to be done in such a certain way that we don't we don't have grace towards one another in in actually hearing the Lord in which what which way He wants to do it right I and mean, maybe get stuck in our own patterns and then maybe you've been hurt in that situation and you want to now you throw the baby out with the bathwater water and you run from that and you run to something that's got is anti establishment. It's got n- it's got no structure, got no skeleton. And now you look like a jellyfish. <laughs> I'm just being like, I'm trying to make this very there's a picture for you. Like if there's no skeleton, there's no structure, if there's no governance, in, what is a jellyfish? What's what's a jellyfish good for? <laughs> they look pretty, I don't know. <laughs> and but the Lord is not made as a jellyfish, he's made as a body, and it is and and, and i'll get I think we're going to get there over the next few few weeks but th- there's governance there's structure there's order there's there's leadership there's there's belonging there's purpose there's value there's 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 things to do each part doing their bit it's not just and and often i I know this happens i mean i've got one of my best friends a uh, very good friend of mine, came out of what you would maybe call a bit of a hyper establishment type of thing, very strong, hard leadership, and he got very hurt in that, and he went the other way, he went anti-establishment, no church hurt me. that's not God's way. no it is God's way. Man hurt you. man's always going to hurt you. we've got to learn to love Judas. I'm just like but now he's processing this, and it took him a long while. Thank God, he's come back to that point where, and he's tasted something healthy. He's going, "Oh my goodness, this is what I've longed for all my life." I think he's seeing something that's actually beginning to resemble a, a, a body, because he kind of went jellyfish <laughs> for a while, on us flapping around. <laughs> and, but it's a truth, right? There, there, and what that often looks like is there'll be no leadership. There'll be no—I uh, mean, have been been—I've been into church where there's no leadership, and then where do the people go? Who's accountable? Where's the direction coming from? And it sounds great and sounds cool, but that generally sounds cool to everybody who's come out of something where they've been affected or been hurt, right? And and it's not going in because it's actually not God's way. And and I know I might be like rattling a little bit of, <laughs> frustrating a bit of people and going, what do, you, what do you mean, but why? And I And we can, you know, and you guys I'm sure have heard this before, but like three Christians in a, in a coffee shop is not church. It's three Christians in a coffee shop. This is church. When the body, the collective body, the ecclesia, the called out ones, called out ones, that somebody's calling them out and is calling them out for a purpose. That's what, the called, what's what it means actually. Ecclesia, the word ecclesia, that was actually used for church was not a word that was actually used in religious forums. It was used, In all, all, it was a political term. And that somebody was calling people together for a purpose. And that's what we are. We are called out from this world, from darkness into light, for a purpose. Called together, under Christ, into his body, to move forward. And I I really, um, these are just some things that that I, I don't know. It's in me, but I don't know if it's coming out right. <laughs> Maybe as you get to know me, I'll, you'll, you'll see more of it. But I, I, I know I'm so aware of, of people wanting to do things their way because of past hurts, because of past experience. And, and it's just, it's not God's way. But we need to be a people that have His ways buried in our hearts. Not grasping or leaning into our own understanding or grasping to to understand or to be like, but actually just to go, Lord, your ways, not mine. And here's the thing. God, yes, I've used a lot of different analogies, but actually, ultimately, this is a family. And I've spoken a lot about that. But if you are saved, if you come into the kingdom of light, you've been adopted into a family, into his family, where he's the father in heaven. In Ephesians, well, the one John says, Behold what manner of love of the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. We are children. He said in Psalms, he says, I add the lost and the only into family. So ultimately, this is a family. Now, what a family looks like, a family has mom, dad, and kids most of the time. (laughs) Maybe a dog (laughs) or two. But family, like family's got, there's all sorts of things happen in family, right? The discipline happens, life together, love towards each other, service of one another, each have their part to play. It's a, it has a design. It looks a certain way. And it's the same with us. It's exactly the same way with us. But I'm very, very aware that, and I think as, as sin has entered the world, Through a broken and a fallen world, unfortunately, a lot of our lenses, most of our lenses have probably been cracked and broken. That We don't know what family should actually look like. There's some distortion in our lenses the way we look at family. Because of sin, because of what happened in the world, because our parents, they're not perfect. We have a perfect father in heaven, but our earthly parents aren't. They make mistakes. And because of that, it actually affects the way we even look at this. And I feel tonight, actually, that the Lord, he wants, to, he wants to heal those things. He wants to come and heal the lenses that may be broken. He wants to restore lenses. And it's, it, you know, we'll, I, I do think we need to respond and maybe just we need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and do that. But it, I think it happens more than just that. I think it actually happens as we walk together. As we allow ourselves to be chipped, remember I was talking two weeks ago about stones being chipped, as we allow ourselves to be chipped, as we allow ourselves to be built in, as we don't remove ourselves from the wall, as we move on together, God brings healing into these areas. He begins to fix our perspective of family. He begins to fix our perspective of of the kingdom and his way and actually his church. And it's a beautiful thing. He gives us a love for the church, actually, a love for his people. Because through the church that he'll make his manifold wisdom known to rulers and, and uh, principalities in high and dark places. So I argue that, to be honest with you, not some of us, most of us, if not all of us, have got some sort of a distortion in our lenses to the way we look at each other and the way we look at this. Because it's just the way it is. So if we can see that, if we can relent to that and go, okay, okay, maybe. Humbly we come before him and we go, okay, Lord, I don't know. I can't see the whole picture. I don't have all the answers. You do. You're a perfect father in heaven. And I know that you want to add me to family and I know that you want to heal me. So would you by your spirit come and heal me? Would you cement me in? And as I walk with my brothers and sisters that you've added me to, would you bring healing to me? Is that making sense to you guys? So maybe, don't you guys want to, let's ask the Lord to come and do it. Because, you know, I can talk as much as I want, but actually it's a a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And as we walk together, as we allow ourselves to be chipped and shaped, and as we submit and we yield to His ways, remember I showed you, He has a pattern. A pattern that we shouldn't deviate from. And over the next course of the next few weeks and months, we'll begin to talk a little bit more about that and how that looks. So I, I, I probably want to share a little bit just on actually how governance even works within this body. Why? What's the purpose of it? Even eldership and how we relate to the, to the apostolic and why it brings safety to us. Because we're a family. And as we work through those things, we have to have the soft soil open hearts to allow the Lord to work in us as we move through. Does that make sense? Don't you guys maybe want to stand with me? Lord, where there's been distortion in our lenses, where there's been brokenness in us, that we have maybe carried hurts or carry hurt, Lord, from just past experiences. And Lord, it makes us almost allergic to, to your pattern and your ways. We, we, we tend to Lean in one direction or the other, but Lord, I pray that you would come and bind us to the truth, bind us to your way, Lord, your pattern. Lord, you were so specific with Moses when you told when you told him the way you wanted to build the tabernacle. You were specific with David and Solomon when you told them the way you wanted them to build the, the temple. You were specific with Noah when you told him the way you wanted to build the ark. Lord, you're specific with us and you tell us the way you want to build your church because it's you who builds and you who adds yet somehow mysteriously we co-labor with you and we're part of it. But Lord, we have to admit there's brokenness in us. There's distortion in us, Lord. But by the grace of your Son, Lord Jesus, as we turn to you and we humbly come before you and we yield to you By your grace and your mercy, you send your Holy Spirit and you come and you bring healing. And you adjust the way we look at things. And I pray, Lord, even just tonight, even right now as I'm praying, that you would come and do a supernatural work, a miraculous work in our hearts, Lord. You would bind our hearts together. You would knit our hearts together, Lord. Lord, it's not about understanding. It's not about knowledge. It's not about eloquent preaching. It's none of those things. It's a supernatural work. To love one another. And I pray, Lord, that you would come and you would just give us ours for your ways. And we surrender and we yield to you, Jesus. On this journey with you, Lord. Come Holy Spirit. I pray right now. Come Holy Spirit. Let me just take a moment. Let me just ask the Holy Spirit where right now where you stand, just ask him to say, Lord, where, where have I got a where have I looked at this wrong? I want to come humbly before you. Where have I deviated from your pattern? Where have I tried to build my own tower? Where have I tried to grasp? Would you come and show me? Because Lord, I want to follow you. I want to do things your way. And I believe every single one of you do. I believe your hearts are to serve him, are to follow him. But we get we get deceived. Our heart is deceitful above all else. We feel these things. It doesn't mean they're real or true. They might be real, but it doesn't mean they're true. <laughs> I just ask him, ask him right now. It's it's him that's gotta do the work. I
1: Oh, I just feel there might be somebody here tonight that you really love Jesus, <laughs> you love him so much, but somehow um, the bride, the body, there's something where, of a mistrust. Maybe you've gotten hurt and you're kind of like, I love Jesus, but I don't quite love the church. <laughs> and I feel like the Lord's kind of highlighting that thing tonight where you hear, but you kind of keep people at a distance. And, and I just feel like the Lord want to come and heal something in your heart tonight where he's like, it's actually impossible to love me if you don't love my bride. I'm coming back for my bride. I died on the cross for my bride. Um, so yeah, just, if the Holy Spirit's highlighting that, just allow him to come and heal that part of your heart where you almost, in a way, you can't receive the love that the church that the body wants to give you, because you're keeping them at a distance. And I pray that tonight as the Holy Spirit starts healing that brokenness, that hurt, that you'll actually start experiencing the love that there is in this church, in this body, in this family for you.
0: That was a good word. And, um, you know, sometimes it's... I want to actually, if that is you, because there might be more than one person that feels like that, uh, you can respond to that. We can gather around you and pray for you because actually that's where it starts. It's trusting. It's putting a, taking a step forward and going, actually, I have withheld myself. I have, heard, I have withheld my heart to some degree. I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust and I'm going to allow God to bring men and women around me to actually minister to me and pray for me. So if there's anybody like that here tonight that has does feel like that I want to want to invite you just come just come stand up front here. we'd love to pray for you sorry with all the lights on <laughs> it's okay it's all right maybe everybody can keep their eyes closed <laughs> I know sometimes it feels very intimidating Maybe that's you, maybe you've just withheld your heart.